Hello guys and welcome back to episode 3 of the Football Gossip Podcast. This week I'm not by myself. Jamie is back, back from his holidays. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Nice time to relax. Weeks. Just chilling in the sun, enjoying the weather. But obviously good to be back here now. Game week 3 has been and gone and it was a disappointing and one for myself. Very, very frustrated from the Newcastle result. Uh, we will go into the penalty claim because I have a lot to say about that and a lot to say about the Tottenham result. But first off, we will start with the early kickoff on Saturday, the Chelsea Norwich game. How do you think Chelsea got? Um, I think it was a good result. After the performance, I think maybe not get carried away too quickly because obviously, like we saw against Liverpool, Norwich just played their own game, and you thought, oh. They did the same against Chelsea, they yeah. get back as well. They did lose, but it was a really close game. Obviously, Chelsea's defence is not like it used to be. No. They had Terry, Kale, all of that. It's a bit in patterns at the moment. But at least we score more goals than we conceded on the <coughs> other side of the spectrum. Yeah, but I think we have a team against Norwich who is going to expect to concede a few goals. Yeah, I think... Um, I'll, obviously, I'm really impressed with Puki. He's a great player, he's wise, and he's... Really smart with his runs. Yeah, because he's not quick and he's not the strongest striker, but it's his runs off the ball and the way he creates space for himself to get off that shot in his second term. Yeah, I think he's going to be a really key player for them, especially in survival. So it should be interesting to see how they get on. Survival. They're, they're, there's no survival about it. They're coming mid table. It depends how they keep playing. I mean, if he wants to score more goals, that's great. Got him a fancy, so you know, I'll keep moving up that table. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, we'll just to see how much get on. They've got Man City in a couple of games, so that will be a good game. It'll be interesting to see if we can still get the goals against the top City sides. But yeah, go back to the game, it was a good result. Um, yeah, I'm just happy to win, I suppose. Are you happy for Tammy Abraham to get his first goals for yeah. Chelsea? I yeah. think that was, I, even though I was a Tottenham fan, I, it was good to see Tammy Abraham to get, his, uh, get his first two goals, especially to kind of silence all the critics that have faced for the last couple of weeks and to shove kind of all the racial slurs that come from his own Chelsea fans yeah. since the UEFA Cup. But I think it was really good for him to see, and it was really good to see him celebrate his first goal with Lampard, which he took really well. And obviously he celebrates with Lampard, kind of say thank you for showing the trust in him. Yeah, that was a really touching moment, because he hadn't been playing the last couple of games, he really was getting picked, getting picked first. But I think this type of Norwich team, a bit more quicker player on the ball is much needed. So yeah, I believe it's first two goals, good finishes. Because so the first goal was a really well taken finish because it was like a volley on the bounce and yeah. put it into the bottom corner. And the second one was, his movement was as impressive, the way he'd kind of drawn that centre back out, then kind of take that really good first touch to sell himself one more touch and smash yeah. it in the bottom corner. Yeah, I was, I was impressed with the goals. I think most players, I was perhaps expecting the first goal for the shot to be a bit more higher in the air, but he kept mm. it at a low distance. Which obviously helps him harder to keep it getting out. That's a ground. really good technique because how many shots do we see like that where it kind of bounces on the volley and it just goes straight into yeah, Rosette? Shot into the bottom corner. But yeah, good result. Hopefully, keep the momentum going forward. Big Champions League draws on Thursday. So that'll be interesting to see. Do you think that'll stretch the Chelsea squad and kind of affect their performances in the league? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think um, it'll be really tough to find it. See how Lampard rotates the squad. We can play more younger players, get a nice group. Might start to rotate a bit more, facing all the players in some weak positions. Obviously, got a few players out injured still, so hopefully they'll be coming back in the near future. 
Are you impressed by Mason's mount start this season? Yeah, I think that's a good start for him. He's played all three games, hasn't he? So he started the last couple. Started the United game, started his uh, Norwich one, and then came off the bench. And he started against Leicester. He started. Yeah, he scored in the first few minutes, didn't he? When he pressed them, he did. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he didn't start against Liverpool, but I suppose it's a big game. Yeah, he's done well. He's been terrific, really. Yeah, and I think it's shown that Lampard's trust in the younger um, players has proven it's proven well for him. Hopefully they keep it up. Well, yeah, because Mourinho was on his back about not about playing Mount after the United game after yeah. he lost four 0 but actually he's trusted him, stuck with him, and he's provided the goals. So I think he will be a key player. I think you should get over ten goals this year. In the league in or the across league. all in the league? In the league, I'm not say. across all competitions in the league. Just in the league. How many assists? Um, maybe six. Six assists and ten goals. I think it'd be a, more of a goal machine. This year. Okay. Kind of seeing how Lampard used to play with his late runs into the box. He's going to be more of that type and get more goals than he would assist. Yeah, because when we play, we have a play with a three in midfield and he plays either, they play two attacking midfielders either side, Virginia in the middle. So we had Kovacic and Mount in Norwich. They'd play more forwards and Virginia would sort of sit a bit more deeper. Mm. Um, and then sometimes he plays in a camera and that also suits him as well because he's able to get in that forward position. Because Kovacic had a really good game against Norwich and he was he kind of made up for Kante not being there. The way that he recovered the ball well, he held, he was able to protect the back four with Jorginho yeah. and played incredibly well. And it was kind of one of the first standout performances we've seen. Because last, maybe last season he was just getting adjusted to the Premier League. But it does seem now he can push on to be the player that Chelsea expected him to be when they kind of brought him on loan. Yeah, I think perhaps with Sarri's sort of style, he wasn't able to maybe engage more forwards than he would have liked to because everything had to go through Jorginho, now into Lampard. Everyone's on the ball, we're pinging past the left, right, centre, playing some great football, we're getting some great chances. It's probably the most attacking football I've seen in the last two years, because we've had Conte and we've had Sarri, who are quite sort of negative, sitting at the back, passing it around sort of style of play. So, yeah, it's good to see Kovacic getting getting assists. Could have done more than he did last year. Because Sarri's had it already had that impact at Juventus. Because in the summer... He, they're looking now to get rid of Emery Chan because yeah. Sarri isn't that impressed with him, which I can see. But the new sign, Aaron Ramsey, he doesn't like him whatsoever. So now Aaron Ramsey's had this move to Juventus, and he probably wouldn't even get played that much with Sarri. Yeah, he's trying to. He just likes his certain side, types of players, doesn't he? Like Higuain went alone because he wasn't needed at Juventus, yeah. but now all of a sudden he's playing every week, starting up front, now Dybala, who I think should be up front for them. Yeah, he's kind of about casting. Because he wants to put uh, Ronaldo out on wide left. Yeah. Which, well, I'm like, he's the greatest striker probably in the world at the moment in time. And you're trying yeah. to push him out to the left because you're Higuain, your little son, who you like more, what do you think can do better? It's just a joke. And I think that's Sarri's issue, is his unwillingness to adapt yeah. his style in order for different leagues, for a different setup. Because otherwise, he's just so set in his ways of how he believes his team should set and how they can play just makes him so predictable that's why Mad City smashed him 6-0 last season when he was under manager at Chelsea yeah most teams last year they did a diamond run Jorginho mm. literally just stopped well play but yeah he sort of gets stuck in this moment where he's too sort of too the same he just wants to keep this one player in the same position he won't change players around so maybe 
like last year did the change with the Barkley and with Barkley and Kovacic. Yeah, but you know that someone's coming around the 60th yeah. minute every week. So. Every week it happens, and it was the opposite if he were out. So I think, unfortunately, Higuain will stay there. But I think he might have said to Ronaldo, obviously because he's the greatest player in the world. He's not the greatest player in the world. He's one of the best strikers. One of the best. He's not the greatest player in the world. James Martins. Um, but because because uh, Ronaldo's on that left wing, I think he'll give him the rights to not get back. Which has been good there. Yeah, but that's the thing. Ronaldo's because he hasn't got the legs and the pace that he did all those years ago when he was at United and when he was first at Real Madrid, where he could be on the left and run in and put pressure on, pressures on the fullback. He then adapted his game, so he was kind of a really dangerous, prolific striker where he's not making run up and run up and run. Yeah. He's just making his dash to the goal, like to the far post, to the front post, to the penalty box, at the right place, at the right time. Yeah, it won't, it won't necessarily be the same as you, I don't think. Not It'd be interesting to see how they go on, but I think the Italian league will be a lot more exciting now that Juventus have strengthened. Frank Ribery is at Fiorentina, which I don't see anyone sort of comes. No, not at all. I think Juventus won't be getting many goals this year. I think it'll be a bit like Charles last year, where they maybe have a little 1-0 lead. But they're always at risk this evening. Well, they have to lick, so I, I imagine their defence will be shored up. But I think they'll be a lot more. Com- they'll find themselves with a lot more competition around them. But they won't find it as easy this year. Dillit was benched in their first game in Syria. Really? Yeah, he was on the bench. They went with Benitez. Really. I bet he's not. I bet he's regretting not going to Barcelona I now. Know. I think he should have gone to Liverpool. Actually. Yeah, but cause I read something interesting because um, his. Agent Mino Raiola is the same agent of Pogba and Zlatan. Oh, really? And from what I understand, is they credit him for what he's done because he, they don't think he. Juventus aren't the team like Barcelona where you could see, like, De Jong's gone there. De Jong could stay there for the rest of his career. Yeah. But Delict could have followed in that same path of being there for the rest of his career. However, he's using Juventus as a stepping stone. Yeah. So instead of kind of one agent being cash out for his move to Barcelona, he's then done a move to Juventus to then either go to Real Madrid or Barcelona and have a second agent fee cash out. So really, he's had his interests at heart more than Delict. Yeah, you could say that's good. Yeah. Right. Interesting to see where it goes. We've sidetracked a bit, but going back to the Premier League, the next fixture we are going to talk about is United's shock loss to Crystal Palace. That surprised quite a few people. We were thinking that Man United would bounce back against Wolves. Wolves were always a difficult team to face away, and they, you know you're going to struggle against Wolves. But they struggled against Palace. Yeah, absolute shocker result. I listened to uh, BT Sports Score over the weekend. I like to have a little commentary of the games, and they were saying how it was all United, and all of a sudden, Chris Palace scored from out of nothing. Because Jordan Ayew scored. To be fair, he had a really good first half and did play incredibly well. I mean, his yeah. goal is... His goal is really simple striker work. It looks really easy. It's if your strike partner in Jeffrey Slot is going up for a header against their centre back, you gamble. Yeah. Because even if he get if he doesn't get the flick on, who cares? It goes back up the pitch, get back into position. But if you do gamble and you do get on the ball, you get a chance to score. And that's exactly what he did. And Maguire, why he was giving Jordan Knight all that space to let him run off into the channel to gamble. Oh, no. Maguire should have been a lot tighter. I think that's the reason probably why Maguire ended up going to Man United. Pep writes in quick players. Maguire doesn't really have the pace. Yeah, because he said that in the um, Man City, what's it called, the documentary. Yeah. In, on Amazon Prime, he said, he's too slow. 
target him. But I think maybe at United he knows. Like, Maguire is always going to stroll into that first team. Yeah, he'll always be a first team player. But he would have never done what Van Dijk did. No. I think, personally, I think Maguire is a good player. But I think United is not going to be as good as he was with Leicester. Just because of the United defence, I think he's not great. No, it's not great. I think he needs another centre back with him. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't sign Toby or the for 25 now. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really Norton now for 25. Yeah, that would have been a good story. I mean, De Gea is. I don't know what's wrong with De Gea at the moment. He seems he a bit is, off it. Yeah, because you can say the first goal he was at near post and it was a simple finish, but I think the way he opened up his body to feint the keeper and to think he was going to cross goals and then put it near post was very clever strike work. However, the second goal we should have done much better with. Yeah, got his hand to it. So it's just under his body, and it's it's the hair we see in the end of last season that got so much criticism. I think maybe these contract talks are sort of waiting, waiting on him a bit. Yeah, because they're saying now he may, because apparently the offer on the table is around about three hundred and fifty grand a week, but he's kind of saving out till uh, January time yeah. to see if there's any kind of like pre-contract or agreements coming up. I think it's a wise decision. He wants to see by January where he's not on the table. Yeah, he's not, he's not he's He's better to play European football. He should be a bigger club. He should be playing Champions League football, yeah. He's, he can, on his day, he is a fantastic keeper. But I don't think his, I think his head and heart isn't at United, no. which is affecting his performances. So I think January for him is the perfect time. It's like mid for the season. United are up there, top three, top four, challenging. May sign a contract. Mm. It also depends on how many points behind they are. Because we all know it's probably going to be a Liverpool Liverpool-Man City season. But I do think this year the Premier League looks a bit more tougher. It looks a lot more competitive, but I do think that it will be City and Liverpool for the top two, and it will just be a mix of the bunch. Because uh, Arsenal didn't look so great against Liverpool. Um, even at, away at Newcastle, they didn't look their strongest. No. And even against Burnley, they struggled with a 2-1 win. And I think Tottenham, we'll get on to Tottenham in a second, because I have a lot to say, but I think they'll struggle. Yeah. Not struggle, but I think their challenge for top three to get third spot will be a lot more tougher than what they thought it would be and what a lot of other people thought it would be. Because the likes of Leicester, Wolves, kind of the top best of the rest teams have improved around them. Yeah, well Leicester and Wolves both join to Chelsea, both join to Jones United as well. I mm. think it's a much better step forwards. But last year we saw Wolves get a few results over the big teams. It'd be interesting to see if they do the same. Maybe Leicester might do it as well. I think they could have beaten Chelsea. Uh, in the second week. half, yeah. Yeah, the second half. That'd be much better. But yeah, my, my United game, there was a few penalty shouts. But they are not, not coming to the rescue. Right. He's led on to VAR because he knows I want to talk about it. So we'll move on to VAR. It's an interesting weekend for VAR, I'll have to say. I, I, we're getting onto the Tottenham game, as you can tell, because Harry Kane had a really big penalty shout, which for me was an obvious penalty. He, not running with the ball, Lascelles played it through. He expecting the challenge of Lascelles, but Lascelles looks to maybe injure himself. And as he fell to the ground, he went across Kane's legs, took him out. Obvious penalty. The referee didn't give it. VAR didn't give it. But it's Stonewall penalty. He stopped a goal-scoring opportunity by putting his body across Kane's leg. It's not putting his body across him, going to the ground, 
and taken out his leg. Yeah, but I still think it's not a penalty. It was a stonewall penalty. There seems to be this, they were talking about VT, there seems to be this threshold of what is a penalty and what not between what is an obvious error by the referee. So it doesn't seem to be a massive obvious error that the referee made at Mike Dean decided it wasn't a penalty. So they decided he's not made an obvious error. Yeah, but that's the issue. Is like when I said last week, when I was backing up VAR for the decisions they've made, when VAR acts on the law set by the referees, i.e. offside, where yeah. you can clearly see if it's offside or not, it's not a subjective call, when obviously Laporte hit his hand, created a goal score an opportunity for Jesus. As it's by the law, yeah. it was VAR acted accordingly to make sure the right decision was made. But with penalties, because they're so subjective and what people do and don't see as penalty, it's not that black and white. It means that Stockley Park and the referees in the control room, they're not going to overrule a referee's decision because of these subjective decisions. Well, yeah, we've not actually we've not actually seen a penalty that's been overruled no. by VAR. The David Luiz one at, at Liverpool pulled his shirt. Referee gave it. See, that's what bugs me. Degrees. Is that was an obvious penalty because. David Luiz pulled for the shirt. Salah's shirt. But when Martial was pulled to the floor by, was it Joel Ward? He had his been, yeah. hand over his shoulder. As Martial was going for a shot, he was dragged down to the floor. His hands were yeah. all over him. That's an obvious penalty as well. The referees have got to now change the fact that if they believe that it's a penalty, because what they don't want to do is say to, say, Mike Dean, who's the yeah. referee at the match, please go look at the monitor. We want you to review it. We're not, too, we're not sure... You think it's not a penalty. However, we want you to have a take a second look and tell you what's tell us what you saw. They're not willing to do that. So far in the Premier League, not one incident has involved a referee going to a monitor for a second look. Yeah, I think it's an obvious error, but we don't know where this sort of threshold. Yeah, because that it is the issue is the subjective cause between what is and what isn't a penalty is going to prevent and cause conversations and debates like this over yeah. what was and what wasn't a penalty because, like we said, it's so subjective, are you the penalties? Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, I think this will be a problem all season because they're not going to change ruling mid- mid-season. They always do it at the start of mid-season. But have you heard the new law they brought out? Bearing in mind they aren't going to do anything about these subjective rules, the new law they brought out this week was if a player, manager or a member of any club yeah. goes into Stockley Park into the actual control room during a match. They get red carded. Oh, really? The near that Stockley Park is in Heathrow. The nearest stadium is 13 miles away in Stamford Bridge. It's just baffling. It really, really is. Anyway, <coughs> talking of obviously the Tottenham match going on to that Tottenham suffered a shock one-nil loss to Newcastle. Wasn't the best game to watch. Newcastle just caught Tottenham on the break as Tottenham had, they had lots and lots of possession that game and failed to do anything with it really yeah. and then Newcastle caught them on the break Joe Linton found himself in acres of space which was I would say Davison Sanchez and Rose should really be looking as to why that happened and that happened in the Villa game as well it was the same two players involved Wesley was on Sanchez's um, shoulder battling for the ball doesn't deal with it then Rose has to come across and yeah. deal with McGinn and he gets a shot away in squad. And that seems to be a recurring issue with, their go- with those two goals. It's the same Davison Sanchez and Rose, that gap between the fullback and the centre-back that teams are exploiting. 
Yeah, it seems to come back to this thing where Pochettino has perhaps been a bit stubborn, where you're not playing the Tonga anymore. Because of his fitness levels, yeah. And you're not playing Ericsson either because obviously he's rumoured to leave. Mm. But I think when you're not playing Ericsson, you're lacking that extra yeah, quality in we... just the midfield. I guess you could say because it was City, but obviously when he started, he didn't do anything against City last week. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose it's it is a hard game. City, so yeah. I think you do need that bit of quality, even if he is linked away. You know, mm. it's down to the club itself, and it should be down to the player if he wants to perform. If he does perform, then obviously he will boost his chances of leaving the club. But if he doesn't perform. Sort of a bit like Zaha is playing at the moment. It's sort of just not really. He's on the fringe of it because yeah, he doesn't know where his head ends up. Yeah, and you can always see this, the same after the day. You know, they're all sort of in this bit where you know, do we play well or do we not play well, or are we bothered or are we not bothered? And it's sort of just sort of affecting Pochettino, I suppose, when he picks his team because he's thinking, oh, do we play or yeah. do we not? So I stand my ground and then make the player think, actually, I do want to stay because I want to play, or do you risk having sort of bad performances? Or possible losses or draws. Because that's the, the one other thing I want to talk about is Harry Kane's recent performances. It's ever since his injuries last season, he hasn't been the same. I think it's August, you know. It's every year. Well, no, because he scored. Like, he did score two in against oh, yeah, uh, did, Villa. But one, you would uh, you uh, you say you wouldn't argue it was clear. They got you had two lucky ricochets off of Ming, and I think it was Engels. Their centre back yeah. went into the pub. Harry Kane, and he just doesn't miss those type of chances. Yes, the second goal, the game was a lot more stretched. Played it into his feet, and it was a really tight finish. But seeing his performances, the first half against Villa, last week against City, Newcastle, the Champions League final, he's not the same. I think there's a big goal between Newcastle and Man City, which is really strange because you played really good against Man City, and you come to Newcastle, and it's like a completely different class of teams. And yeah, you're not going to get many chances against New against Man City, mm. but you would have expected him to at least get a goal, get a or, goal two or two against Newcastle. Yeah, so I think this obviously something that's not flowing for at the moment, or he's in a sort of a bad spell. Yeah, I think it's when we face teams that we know we're going to sit deep and just let us have loads of possession. We're struggling to break down, like we saw it against Villa. It was only because Villa made two mistakes that a Championship team would make when they come up to the Premier League that we were able to count that we were able to act on them and score our goals. Yeah, we saw it in the first few minutes with Almahamas losing the ball early on. We sort of got that feeling that there were a few chances yeah. to be mistakes to be made. And obviously, one big chance, obviously, one goal came from Grealish snapping on the ball and Lamella taking it off of him. Yeah. In Dombele, there wasn't much mistakes in that. And then the third goal is the game opened up and Tottenham had time and space in order to get Harry, or in order Harry Kane to score the second. And I think when we face teams that will be a lot more open, i.e. Leicester, Everton, teams that actually want to come out and attack us, we'll find a lot more success and we'll probably create more goal-scoring opportunities. Because when we face teams like Newcastle and Aston Villa that we know are just going to sit off, sit on yeah. their 18-yard box and just let us have possession and just not kind of get through that 9-10 man wall, we'll struggle to beat them. But when it's facing teams that we know are going to open up because they're going to attack us, when we're facing a lot more teams that are open, we'll get more goals. Well, yeah, it's the same with Liverpool. Their whole play is all about their quick players out yeah. in front. And they'll score from corner kicks that they've just defended and they'll whip the pitch and get the goal. Mm. But when they play against teams that literally just sit back in the ball, it's just not really the same 
Yeah, they were struggling the same for They just whip balls in and hope someone gets their head to it. But until there's that first goal, teams just sit back. And I suppose it works works for the lower teams, sitting back and defend. But you know, it does make a boring game, which, to be fair, you've got to praise Norwich for the way they play. Because they don't want to be boring. They're not yeah. the baller fans. They're playing how they want to play. And you've got to give credit to it. They're getting the goals. And they're getting the results, even, and they're being brave. So I think that might work out for Norwich. For the whole season. So you think they'll survive? I'm not sure yet. Because you put them rock bottom in your predictions in episode one. I put them rock bottom, but you know, if Piggy keeps on scoring, they'll be fine, I think. If he gets injured, though, I think Norwich will be. Talking about um, injuries and teams that didn't, I want to talk about Man United. Right. And, right, so now, obviously, selling Lukaku, they've yeah. now got their two attacking options in Martial and Rashford. Yeah, and they got Daniel uh, James. And they play them at the same time. And they play Daniel James, he'll always play wide, wide well, they right. They play Daniel James at the same time as well. Yeah, but they play Daniel James wide right. Yeah, and they play Marshall left. Or, no, they play Marshall on number nine, Rashford on the left. Oh, yeah, they play Marshall on the front. And yeah. then Lingard in the middle, the teenage sensation. Well, they're basically in trouble with the end. That's what I'm saying. Injury. If Martial gets injured, they you bring Rashford out, yeah. you bring in Greenwood, Sanchez. Well, they get rid of Sanchez, aren't they? Yeah, so if they get rid of Sanchez as well as Lukaku. As soon as one gets injured, that's that whole plan out the window. Yeah, it's it's it was a bit like when Chelsea played Norwich. We only had Barkley as a midfield player mm-hmm. on the bench, but within just before kickoff, Pedro got injured, yeah. and Barkley got drafted in, which meant on the bench we had two strikers, two defenders, a goalie, and William. And like we were playing three in midfield. Where who's gonna come in for these rushing. tired these tired players? I think at the end of the game we were lucky we were playing a really high quality position because they looked really tired. And just at the end Mason Mount did get a you slight injury. Slight, yeah. And I think we were fortunate we weren't playing like a big team like Spurs or Arsenal that have that attack of threat because we would have been really stretched. I can see the same with Man United. They get injuries, who are they gonna bring in? Because they're going to be that lack in depth, especially when they're playing basically they're all from strikers all at once. And I know Dan James is playing well and he's getting goals, but they don't really need to play three at once, do they? It depends on the team they're facing. If they believe they can go on the attack and win, they will. But whether they'll try and change their structure now, because they struggled against first half, they're really good against Wolves. Second half, Wolves come out of the blocks and put them under a lot of pressure. Um, and then Palace again yesterday, they. I struggle against Palace. Yeah. Palace have been not brilliant this season either. I think because it's the unwillingness for playing Zaha. Yeah. It's sort of that same thing, isn't it? They're sort of like, do we play them or do we not? I mean, it's getting this didn't start against the first game week. They come off the bench, but didn't make an impact. And today, we have an impact either. But, um, yeah, Man United a bit, get a bit stretched. But obviously, there's been a lot of drama, plenty of drama with Man United. Pogba and Rashford. Pogba got straight Do you think should be taking penalties? Rashford or Pogba? I think Rashford. They missed. I know they missed, but it was like almost a perfect penalty. It was too. It was yeah. a perfect penalty, and it went across the goal, went out for a goal kick. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? And the other, the thing is, I think with Rashford and his penalties, they always go to the left side. They're always like proper accurate. They're either going to the left and top, or going left yeah. to the middle. He needs to. Practice as penalties going to the right because it's going to become too predictable. Yeah, well, the goalie didn't even get the right way anyway. But um, 
So yeah, it's a proper missive penalty against Wolves, got slated. And then Rashford missed his. And Rashford missed his. And in the same game, Pogba lost the ball. Which, which led to the goal, yeah. They scored the last minute goal. At the moment, Pogba is not in the best books for Man United fans. But surely, if you're Real Madrid and Zidane yeah. into that, you see that and you'd be like, I don't want. Why yeah. do? Why? Why? Why are we? Why are you coming in? He scored some absolute screaming. But yeah, that was Juventus. I That's when he had a better team. Yeah. I guess you could argue when he's at Madrid, he's got Modric and Cruz around him. And Hazard. And Hazard, yeah. But yeah, I don't know why he wants to buy a Pogba at this yeah. current time. And I think what was interesting was when Jimmy Carragher and Gary Neville were having a little head to head about who they thought was going to win the league, best player of the season, young player of the season. Gary Neville said the best player of the season. Pogba. Pogba. Which. But the thing is, I can see where he's coming from. I can, he can be that best player in the league. He could be really good. Like we saw it when Oli first came in at the start of, well, not the start of last season, but midway through last season when Oli came in, he was untouchable at the time. Yeah, he was getting assists, goals. He was their main man. I think he got most goals in the league, you know, last season. So, yeah, so he can be their main man. He's just getting it out of him each and every week, and it's that consistency that he lacks. Yeah. I just don't think he's at the right attitude at the moment. No, I don't think he's in the right place or the right frame of mind in order to get there. He always reminds me of Berahino. Okay. Where Berahino was really great at West Brom, didn't get his desired move to Tottenham, hmm. and then I don't even know where. He, did, he where went to Stoke, and then yeah, he didn't. He left get a free transfer, point. I think, and he's gone somewhere foreign. Hmm. I can sort of. Pogba won't get to that. He won't leave the club. Won't leave the club on a free. Hmm. I can sort of see the same attitude where, you know, he's not at his transfer. So he's sort yeah, of in this bit where he's not like, in the right frame of mind for it. Not fully committed to Man United. Yeah, but we just see where United go from there. Obviously, sticking with the midfield, they are swap it. I think so. They play McTominay. They have to play whoever they have left in midfield. They're Fred. They're Fred. But Gotta give Big Fred a call, a call up. Call on, so and get your boots on. See if you make something happen. When Fred first signed, they were yeah, ecstatic with it. Oh, shot. Right. Moving on to the late kickoff on Saturday, we had Liverpool versus Arsenal. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive result. For Liverpool, they played well. But it was quite. First half was it 0 0? Yeah, first half was quite touch and go. Arsenal did uh, come out quite well. And then it did seem to be that Liverpool kind of then settled into the game and the more it went on, the easier it got. Yeah, talking point is what's happened to. I suppose maybe it's Adrian in goal. Liverpool's defence not kept a clean sheet all season. Yeah, I it's think a worrying sign. As soon as they, because when they like to pass the ball around at the back, they like to have the option of the keeper. And I don't think Adrian is up to the standard that Allison is. And they're so used to Allison being there and being yeah. that one to kind of link the play along the back that there's just a bit of uncertainty whenever Adrian gets the ball. It's sort of like Liverpool have a bit of a hoodoo. Whoever's in goal, sort of. Has that talent to mess with it up? Because we've seen it with Larian, Carrius, Carrius. We've seen it with Mignolet. Yeah, but uh, Allison last season was a lot more solid. Right? Yeah, but it's just now that they don't have him, it's they very shaky. Back to old ways. Yeah, but um, yeah, things will be interesting in the season. Obviously, a lot of people on the fantasy bringing in all these Liverpool players, but now they're not getting all these clean sheets. Yeah, but no, the only I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold in my team. The only reason is I know he gets loads of assists each week. You're going to get loads yeah. of assists. That's to my fair, When I watched our second half of the game, the wing backs or the full backs had so much space. Had so much space. They're quick, 
pace of players. They're just getting back. Robertson at one point was zipping around, pressing, pressing, mm. pressing. And then I look at Chelsea and like, where's the press? Well, the thing is, with that, Arsenal set up in the diamond midfield with Xhaka, yeah. um, Willock, uh, Ceballos. I don't remember who was the other one. Anyway. Was it Willock? Yeah, no, Willock was on the left, Xhaka in the middle, Ceballos up, up, kind of the number 10 role. Anyway, doesn't matter. But the way they set up was such a narrow midfield yeah. that it meant the wing-backs could go forward with so much space, and it was so bizarre because we know... Like, surely you know it's Unai Emery. That's the danger. It's Trent on the right, Robertson on the left, getting forward. Why give him all that space to go up and down that line and get balls in for your back-form profession? Yeah, and well, because Liverpool play for Bini, sometimes slots back, mm. and Liverpool going for a back three. Yeah. Um, after the game, Klopp apparently had a little laugh at Henry's tactics. Yeah. He was confused as to why he was playing he in a certain way. Yeah, letting them have so much space. And uh, some part of the game... Uh, Arsenal on the ball and they were by their own corner flag and passed on the ball and he literally he passed it into the midfield he passed he it into Mane yeah, he just booted it out to Mane I think if you're that position you just go kick it out for a throw it it's, that's when you're in danger when you just boot it out for, to anywhere mm. school from it. and I think also that's the issue well going on to the issue that Liverpool got their goals from David Luiz Supposed to be their defensive saviour at centre back. Amazing sign. And yet he, two, both for Salah goals come from his mistakes. Yeah, I think perhaps Emery's been a bit coy to buy for centre back because he did buy someone really expensive, but they've just loaned him back. Salah, but yeah. I'm surprised they've loaned him back. I thought he's only 18 years old. He might be doing better than David Luiz. David Luiz is 33, maybe. Yeah, he's 33. That Salah for Saint Etienne, he only. Kind of last season was his like breakout season in the French league, but that was like halfway through the season. It's not like he played a full season of French football. This now is going to be his full season before he yeah. joins Arsenal next season. But they have been playing a lot of young players, Arsenal, haven't they? Yeah, I think Willock has performed relatively well, and Reese Nelson. I think he'll struggle now seeing Pepe come into the squad. Yeah, I think I was surprised when they played the first game against Newcastle. They just had. Literally, Bamiang was the only like top player. All the players that signed all season on the bench. On the bench. I, mean, I guess because like, you could say they're lacking that match fitness and they need to sell into the squad. Yeah, you could say that. But yeah, it'll be it'll be a weird one for Arsenal. I think you're not sure on Dad Luis. No, because the second goal, that Salah goal, is very similar to Son's goal against Chelsea, the way it was a really half-hearted tackle. Yeah. Able just to skip by him and then have a kind of a free shot on goal. Yeah, he's just not at what pace anymore, and I don't think he's got the greatest agility either. Yeah, it's that lack of pace, and it's just that lack of the stupid decision making. Yeah, he's sort of not got the agility off the ball to move around really quick, just his volume. He's just, he's just not. He's just awful. He's not at the same. So, you know, he's gone and left us, but no. But to be fair, you'd take that for £8 million. Pounds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we took Giroud, we've given him Dal Ruiz. Now, nice little, you go, we'll have Giroud in a couple of years, you can have Dal Ruiz. Oh, pathetic centre back, he really is. I actually like Giroud quite a bit. Really? Yeah, I think Giroud's quality. I wouldn't play him, I would obviously prefer to play Tammy. He's younger, he's English, he's got a bit more talent, yeah. a bit more pace. But when you need him, Giroud's like a brilliant super sub to bring on. He is a really good target man. When you're struggling 
if you want to get the ball up up to the forwards, have he'll him win. hold it up. Yeah, he'll he's great for He'll hold the ball. And you know, against Arsenal in the European final, he showed his class. Hmm. Get a couple of goals. Good player. Right. Next point I want to move on to is Friday night kickoff. Villa yeah. got their first win at the Premier League. Jack Grealish broke his horrible 20 loss streak record when he finally was in a winning team. Um, quite convincing result for Villa against Everton. Yeah, I actually thought Villa would win that game. I've not been totally impressed with Everton. No. They sort of do the same thing every year. Yeah, they buy all these players in. And then everyone um, expects them to do really well, yeah. but it's just the same Everton team. It's the same Everton team. It's, they're just not staying in defence anymore. And at the moment, they're sort of in the same boat as Chelsea. They've not got that big striker, that stand striker. They keep That's playing, get them, yeah. They keep playing Calvert-Lewin. He scored six goals last season. They've bought Keane from Juventus. Play Keane. Yeah, but the thing is, he, I think Keane's going to take some time to sell in. He might do, but I think it'll be a much better option than and the, but to be fair, they are two very similar strikers, which yeah. is very similar playing styles. It's not like, say, where Chelsea have Giroud and Tammy, where Giroud's more of a target man and Tammy's got more pace and agility off the ball. Yeah, I think um, it would take Everton a few, few games to get back into stride, but during the first game, 0-0 against Wolves, then they win, I think. No, I don't think they won a game yet. They just drew with dogs. Was it one or draw? Then obviously there are lots less than Villa. Yeah, so but I think Villa are going to make it tough for any team to go to. Because Villa Park had an amazing atmosphere and it was bouncing. Oh no, they have won again. They won, beat Watford 1 0. But yeah. Watford have had a really poor start. They've basically scored one goal in three games. Beat Watford? Everton. Uh, Everton. Oh. So they're lacking in their goals department. Yeah, because uh, Watford have made it an equally poor start. Yeah, I can't believe Watford. I thought they'd be. On the table by now. I think they've failed to win in their last six home games. Or, no, yeah. not six home games, but six league games. But did you see some of the chances? Some of the chances on Saturday. Mm. They missed, huge misses. Six ball come in. They was literally right in front of the goal. Like right, standing literally. They spooned the it over, didn't they? They spooned it over. I think, what are you doing? They had 23 attempts and only three went hard in that game. They're at the moment just not taking the chances. Yeah, because they reckon Javi Garcia might be first to go. Because we know what for before, they are not, they aren't shy of yeah. firing a manager if they don't think he's getting the results. Do you think maybe the end of last season getting whooped in the final? I think that played a part in it because it, it was so humiliating for Watford the way they lost that yeah. game. Yeah, it was also just a bit like Norwich, just too naive. You know, mm. it might be cup final, might be at neutral ground. But it's still Man City who will wipe the floor of you if you play an open game and don't try that. And I think, obviously, maybe a bit of confidence in not. Maybe they go into every game now thinking, oh, oh, crumbs, we're going to get smacked 6 0. So maybe they're rushing their shots. Obviously, they haven't got the big man up front. Chordini's out at the moment. So maybe they're missing him. But it's mm. a worrying stage because he is he's an old player. Yeah, he is getting on now. So it's sort of almost. I always see that comparison when a big team like Barcelona, when Messi's gone. Yeah. Like we see with Madrid, now Ronaldo's gone. They yeah, haven't got that big man up front anymore. But are you comparing Troy Deeney to Dini Messi and Ronaldo? Messi. I am. Are you putting Troy Deeney on the same level as Ronaldo and Messi? In terms of what he does for his club, 
that is where I'm playing Simulator. Yeah. He's just been there for a while. That is the weirdest comparison I've ever heard. Well, look at Madrid now. They can't even win a game. They drew to Valladolid or something. I'm Over really glad you've given me a clickbait title for this podcast. Troy Deeney, arguably as good and, and important as Messi and Ronaldo. He is. Look at him. Watford can't win a game without Troy Deeney. He's That's their main man. When thanks goes, for giving me a clickbait title. I'm really glad that came through. When he goes in a couple of seasons, Watford are in the bins. Well, I think they're going to struggle this season. So, after the first three games... Yep. Looking back at your predictions, are there any that you think you're concerned that you got right or wrong? Uh, I'm lingering, only lingering at the Norwich, just because of the goals people scored. Where did you put them? I put Norwich last. You think Norwich City would come last, yeah? I think Norwich City might come last. You think Norwich City will come last? That is your prediction, isn't it? That was my prediction. Okay, just... Just letting everyone know, to Just recap, know if you haven't listened to episode one, Jamie put Norwich stone dead last. And who, who, which striker have you got on your fantasy team? I have Boogie. Yeah, exactly. But Boogie can get goals, but they can't win goals. True, so, true. A voice crack there. <laughs> Don't um, worry, I won't edit that. So, also looking at the table, I'm surprised that Brighton... They've made a very impressive start. Burnley. Both up there, but we're looking at Man United on fifth with four points, and West Ham in thirteenth with four points, and then the rest of the teams down the bottom with three, and what could have zero. But at the moment, three games in, it is actually a lot closer mm. than probably we thought, because maybe thinking big teams like Chelsea, Spurs, Man United would be sitting on yes. six points, um, but actually only one team, which is Liverpool, will got a three. Perfect record. So. Yeah, I'm surprised. So at the moment, your prediction for first is correct. It is, because I'm a spot-on predictor. Oh, yeah, that's it. May not need to shift down a few places, and they'll be in the right place as Where well. Where did you predict United? Um, seven. Okay. No, I can see that potentially happening after seeing the way they played against Crystal Palace and Wolves, and I think teams like Leicester, Burnley, not Everton, they'll struggle to get a result against. Yeah. I am just thought, just because... Of the way they did loss and yeah. who did not put in, it will be a bit of a struggle. So, you know, happy with that slight prediction. And you're still happy, confident that Chelsea will make top four this season? I think we can nick, nick a good top four. You reckon you'll nick top four? I think we can nick it, it'll be close. But we've we've been getting goals, getting chances. And I, I know we lost 4 0 to Man United, but we created a lot of chances. And I think that's going to be the difference this year. We're going to create a lot more chances than we did with Sally. And hopefully this year, especially with Tari, Tari now getting off the score sheet, we'll score some more goals, win some more matches. Hudson Adoy is back in the team, Ross Cheeky's back in the team. I can definitely see them get a few goals. Hopefully they can get more than five goals. That's what I'd like to see from them both. But, you know, I do think Chelsea could nick a nice little top four. And who do you think will break in top six, Leicester? Or Wolves. I got Wolves going sick. They drew one all against Burnley. Yeah, it was a disappointing draw. They were all over Burnley, but they got there in the end. I think that'll be the difference between Wolves and perhaps Everton. So I think that's what we saw last season with Wolves is against top six teams they played really well, but in terms of the lower league teams, they've struggled to break them down. Yeah, 
they're sort of at the same stage where not comparing Wolves to Spurs, but it's sort of the same where they just yeah. struggle to break down a team that just sort of just sit back and when teams open up and Burnley play from Burnley are a team known to just be sit back really and solid. They would just take one new results. Yeah. Have you contemplated putting Ashley Barnes in your team? Not, not me, not for me, unfortunately. Four goals, three games. Doesn't fit my team. I like Tell to have, in your team. I like to have high-profile strikers, such as Pookie. Such as Pookie. Who else you got? I've got Pookie, Aubameyang, and at the moment I've got my partner. But I have played my wild cards, and I'll find out next you played week. Your wild card. I've already played my free hit for transfers. Have you? I completely had a bitch fit after Kane's disappointing performance and thought, screw it, I'm going to have a bitch fit and change all my team. So I've now got Aguero up front. Oh, really? And I've sneaked Salah into my midfield. Oh, really? So I've got Pookie and Salah. No, Pookie and Aguero up front. Salah in midfield with uh, Cantwell, 4.6 mil. And he's already got two assists and one goal for Norwich. Yeah. Madison, who got an assist, so he's had two assists in two games. And I think I put Buendia in from Norwich as well, and I put John McGinn in. Yeah, John McGinn's been good for I don't think he'll get that many goals and assists, but it's the fact. He's getting up there, isn't he? Yeah, but I think I had like 4.5 mil, and it was a decent option. Yeah, so yeah, I've been wild cards. I haven't made too many rush changes. I'm happy with the players I've got. Obviously, got the two, two Liverpool players, two Man City players. Uh, got Charles. So got, I got rid of Bernardo Silva just because he hasn't made the start that everyone thought he would have made. Yeah. He hasn't gotten the goal or an assist yet. I think him and I think it'll be pretty much a Sterling or De Bruyne. Yeah. I'll have one or the other. I'll be surprised if people got both of them in because they're expensive. Because I've got a family uh, football fantasy team. And my mum's winning it. That's brilliant. And she didn't even set up the team. My brother did. <laughs> and my brother put up in Sterling and Salah in the midfield. That's what. I think that's exactly what I thought as well. Got, yeah, got Sterling and Salah in the midfield. Pookie up front with... I'm not sure who else you've got. She's got Song. Well, I've got no top players in my team, unfortunately, for you. To be fair, I don't know anyone. Just because I'm not sure who's playing where. Because you do... You do rotate your team quite a lot. Yeah. And you do play a lot of youngsters. So for me, I never know who you're going to play. It's the same for Chelsea. I've sort of, I was sort of working with Barkley at the start. Yeah. Have you changed him for Mount? I have changed him for Mount, yeah. Because I, I was thinking about playing Mason Mount, but Barkley is rubbish. You know, it's Norwich. I don't think he's going to have the season that he did at the start of last season. No. He performed relatively well at the start of last season for Sarri, but I don't think he'll reach it. I think Mason Mount's a better player than Barkley. So yeah, reckon. he's always seemed to set himself in the team anyway. So yeah. Good one to pick. Yeah, Boston Fantasy League. Yeah. Jack had a poor week, didn't he? Yeah, he doesn't want to put Pookie in his team yet. Yes, so we have a friend who is in our Fantasy Football League and we are trying to get him on the podcast because he has some interesting thoughts about some players that are playing in the Premier League at the moment and he believes he's not a big fan of Pookie. No, I think he doesn't think he'll be scoring the goals like he is all yeah. season. He thinks he'll flop and he'll stick at five goals or maybe get a couple more. But we really want to see him come on. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He knows his good knowledge events for the championship as well. Future podcasts. Yeah, he's really good. 
He follows non-league football, isn't it? Yeah. He fo- he's following Reading at the moment, all the way down to non-league football, so... All the way down, floating down to the bottom of the league. Yes. So we hopefully get him on and we'll let him tell you about Pookie and yeah. what he thinks about him. And why he's getting his team. No, no, we don't want him in his team. Well, I guess not, but... Because he's a cheaper anyway. I think everyone could probably get him Yeah, he's like... He's really cheap striker, but we don't want him in his team because he'll get points. Well, I've got a better team, so... Right, basically, we come up with a forfeit for our fantasy football team, and we said the loser will work, will go out and buy dinner for the other two people. And yeah. I am currently losing by a big margin. Okay. I've hit two hundred. But it's only been three. It's only been three games. I've hit two hundred points. I'm I'm only over the two hundred barrier. <sighs> I'm in that top fifteen thousand of the world. Are you actually? Yeah. You've got Sterling and Salah. Yeah, but I'm in the top 15,000. I'm in the the top players got like 275, but I'm in that 200 bracket. They have got 211 points. But what I don't understand is so many people you see them with their highest scores of like over 100 in the game league, and they're already playing like their triple captain boosts. Yeah, I'm being smart. I always leave mine right at the end of the season, and then I'm sort of looking at the pitch and I'm like, okay, they're playing them, but they're actually in good form, and I sort of run out of games. I think last season I played Pogba as my triple captain, but they played bottom of the league, and I think they just won 2 0, and Pogba didn't do anything. So I'm thinking about playing my triple captain soon, soon. because I've played my wild card, can't do next week. What is the wild card? The wild card means you can make unlimited transfers. Oh, that's what I've played. It, it come up on minus. Do you want to play your free hit? We get unlimited transfers. It's still going at the moment. Free hit, you can do unlimited transfers for, for the one, one game, game week. Yeah. yeah, that's why I've, that's what I did whenever bitch fit, and then brought in, took out Kane and brought in Aguero and changed my whole team up. But you get a new wild card at the beginning of January. Oh dear. You get two for the season. Which right. I found out last year. So I didn't use mine all year, and then they're like, oh, you can get another one. Oh, that's a shame. So I still only have one though, because you don't get two. But yeah. Box fantasy. I've got to say. yeah, I'm bottom at the moment, but not for long, because I will be back with a bang after my team has changed round. And I don't, I don't think I'll lose. I'll come second. I reckon I'll come second. It will depend on what transfers everyone makes. Yeah, it does. It does. I think I always leave it at least three, four game weeks. I've always done the same. I sort of pick a sort of. Pick the good players and then pick a few risky ones. Yeah. And I always get to this sort of stage where after three or four games in, I'm like, okay, they're not performing, but they're slightly more cheaper than they are. Because that Campbell, who's got two assists and one goal, is only like 4.6 mil. Yeah, he's a cheap player. Um, there are quite a few out there. I've got, along with like 25% of the people, the cheapest defender you can get, 4 mil. Who? Stephen Kelly. What, from. Palace. Palace. Why? Because he plays every week. I don't play. To be fair, that's not. He's not on the team at the moment. He's sort of in my first substitute. Yeah, because that's the one thing I don't understand with fantasy football is the amount of people that play centre backs. I think I think I normally only pick three at the back. Yeah, I usually play three at the back, but I always pick full backs because my defenders are Ben Chilwell, Aaron Wambasaka, Luke Stinier, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know that all four full backs are going to bomb forward and potentially get assists. Yeah, that's the that's good argument because that I suppose it's sort of you either get centre backs 
because they're probably more likely to score headers. Yeah. Or you get pullbacks, they're not to get assists. But then you always get, I find you always get two types of people with fantasy. You ever get players with a sort of like half okay good full team, mm. and then the bench is also fairly decent. Where you get people with like an amazing full first team, but then they've got and then they've just got like no one on the bench, so you can't sub. You can sub in a player if they're injured, but they won't get you any points. Yeah, so being on my bench, I got Josh Kane, big up Winston Reid, Ben Chilwell, and Debravka. Yeah, and I'm really annoyed because in my got in got what got Jordan Pickford. And he obviously let in two against Villa, and I've got Debrav from the bench, so I've got a clean sheet against Spurs. Yeah, I saw that. So there's six points just chilling on the just, bench. Just sitting on the bench, just not doing anything. Yeah, I've got a second Norwich goalie on the bench. So I'm just going to go with. Oh, Farman. Look, go on or something. Oh, okay. So we're going with Patricio in goal. So I think, no, I think Wolves will get a few clean sheets this year, and you get a point for three saves. So I think. When the bigger teams, they'll be making saves. Does he get points for a penalty save? Yeah. He gets, how he many did. points do you get you for United's penalty save? Five points, I think it was. Yeah. I got nine. That came with Patricio. Nine points. Disgraceful. <coughs> Fantasy football nerd right here, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy football nerd. From Boston, that's why. Right. That's where we're going to end it for this episode. Please let us know if you enjoyed it and please leave a review to let us know how you think we're getting on and how we can improve. You know the drill. Make sure you go over and follow our socials on Twitter and on Instagram at FG underscore podcast for all the latest gossip and news. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.